0: just jump in. Don't forget about Church Sunday um, and uh, Bible Conference uh, in California. Uh, Nick will be here. I think Phil's going to help Nick do the teaching that Sunday. So we'll have Sunday morning as normal and uh, we'll be up and running. All right, Mark 5. And uh, I want to do something here. We finished down through to verse 20 last time. And I want to go back up and look at this issue here uh, with the unclean spirits. The unclean spirit, verse 2. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the, out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. If you come over to Luke 8, Luke 8, um, Luke 8 and verse twenty. Well, verse twenty-six, the same passage, but Luke says it a little different. He says, "And there arrived at the country of the, G- and they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils, long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house but in the tombs. So here he calls him devils." Okay, Schofield's got a little note for uh that for the passage in Matthew 8, Matthew calls him devils. Uh it, actually it's in Matthew 8, I believe that the note is that I was looking for. Yeah, Matthew um 8 and verse uh 28, Matthew 8:28. Um and when he was come to the other side of the, into the country of the Gergesenes, uh, there met him two possessed with devils. And uh, the note here is literally demons. So, and again, I make, uh, I, I just kind of want to go back to Mark 5. I want to talk about what the, these unclean spirits are, these devils. By the way, devils, little d, they're the minions. They're the guys that do the work of the devil, the big D. And uh, the unclean spirits, uh, in the Greek culture, you, you have to be very careful with using that word demon and devil, because of the, of, of the Greeks didn't always think of dev- having a devil or having a demon as a bad thing. Uh, Socrates and the philosophers were considered to have demons. Well, why? Because of their genius, they, they, they thought they were touched, not in a negative manner, but in a in a, in a actually in a positive manner, so you know the the Bible we just you got to go with what Scripture says. The best way to really describe them as unclean spirits. That's the easiest way. Then you kind of get out of all that little d, big d, you know, and demons. And because then actually the word demon isn't uh, not really used in Scripture if at all. It's only on you know, a couple places. And that's because of the issue of that Greek and everything and the demons and so forth. So, in Scripture, uh, there are really three categories here of the, this issue here. Uh, really of, if you want to call them, the enemies of God. Okay, One, you have Satan, obviously the leader. He's the instigator, the adversary, the Leviathan, and so forth. Then you have the fallen angels... And then you have these guys, the devils, the unclean spirits, and so forth. And when you begin to talk about them and think about these guys, uh, again, this week, maybe next week, we'll look at, um, just kind of look into some of this stuff here about the devils, the unclean spirits, because it's interesting and it's something you ought to be aware of. Uh, for just one just general knowledge but then two to understand when the lord comes and what's happening here why this guy is doing what he's doing and so forth so when you talk about the angelic host uh, come back to isaiah isaiah chapter 6 uh, there are several different uh, classes of angels uh, there uh, there are and it's really a different race races if you will but really kind of classes Isaiah 6 verse 1 in the year of of, uh, in the year that King Uzziah died I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple above it stood the seraphims each one had six wings "'With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, "'and with twain he did fly. "'And one cried unto another and said, "'Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. "'The whole earth is full of his glory. "'And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, "'and the house was filled with smoke. "'Then said I, "'Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips.' and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims. So when you, see, when you hear people talk about angels, and angels having wings, an angel does not have wings. He's in the form of a man, R- Revelation says. But the seraphim have wings. The cherubims have wings, but they're also angels. So unless... The angels are specific here, seraphims. Come over to Ezekiel chapter one, Ezekiel chapter one. Here's the cherub. Now the thing there about the seraphims is, um, how many did it say? How many there? I'll go back real quick. There's six of them, right? Uh, there stood seraphims, each one having had six wings. So when you talk about seraphims, uh, again, there's no number attached to their to how many seraphims you have. The cherubims are different. You only have five cherubim. All right? Ezekiel 1, verse 4. Well, verse 3. The word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel, the priest, the son of Boozy. How would you like to have Boozy as your name? Hey, Boozy, come on over here, you know? After the ram's wind the other day, a lot of people were boozy, all right? In the land of the Chaldeans by the river Chabar, and the hand of the Lord was there upon him. And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, uh, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself, and brightness was about it. And out of the midst thereof is the uh, the color of amber out of the midst of the fire. And out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man, and everyone had four faces, and everyone had four wings, and their feet were straight, and the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf, calf's foot, and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass. They had the hands of a man under their wings on their four sides. They they four had their faces and their wings, and their wings were joined one to another. They turned not when they went, they went, everyone, straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, the four had the face of a man, the face of a lion on the right side. They four had the face of an ox on the left. They four also had the face of an eagle. You have the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John listed there in the picture. Now come over to chapter 10 of Ezekiel. So you've got these living creatures and they're literally sitting, They literally sit at the four corners of the throne room, okay? And they and they. I mean, could you imagine? That they don't have to turn, you know, with this microphone and everything. We're working out some new stuff, and it's like just don't turn your head. I'm like, yeah, that ain't gonna happen. Why? Because you know, you turn, you do, and I do more walk, you know, pacing than than most. But the thing is, is these guys sit on the four corners. Ten, uh, ten. look at chapter 10 and look at verse number uh, 15. Uh, well, verse 4, and the, uh, then the, glor- the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and stood over the threshold of the house. Verse 15, and the cherubs cherubims were lifted up. This is the living creature that I saw by the river Chabar. And that's what we saw in that's what he was describing in chapter 1. So literally, you have four, the four corners, per the glory of the Lord. Remember the, the Ark of the Covenant, and what did he put on the top? The cherubs, and that's where the Lord would meet Israel, was there once a year. And the cherubs. The cherub held the Shekinah glory of the Lord. That's why they're on the four corners of the throne room. The glory, his train, fills the temple. But there's also seraphim. There's, other, there's, uh, there's cherubs. By the way, Genesis 3, the Lord puts a cherub to guard the tree of life until the flood. So you've got, these guys are designed to protect the glory and the honor and the integrity of the, of the Godhead. That's their job. Now the fifth cherub is Lucifer. And he's a cherub that covered. But now he's, Fallen, he's been cast out of the mountain of God. So then, who's the, if Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John picture these guys, who's the fifth cherub now that we are, the church, the body of Christ? Because where are we? We're in the heavenly places. We cover. Okay? So there's that connection and so forth. Uh, come over to 1 Corinthians 15. So, and, and by the way, in Revelation, you have the seven spirits of God, those are angels, and so forth. Hebrews talks about angels being ministering spirits. So you have different classes of angels. You've got the teraphims, you've got seraphims, you've got cherubs. You, you, I, I, you've got a, a mess of them. In 1 Corinthians 15, and th- I get into the unclean spirit thing, an unclean spirit is a disembodied demon or devil that's who they are okay so a disembodied so it's a it's a spirit with nobody that's what we're talking about all right how do you know that that's really the question first corinthians 15 paul talking about the issue of the resurrection and the fact that if the resurrection wasn't true and didn't happen then what are we doing we'll, as well go back to the restaurant and eat a second dinner you know my you know what are we doing verse 39 all flesh is not the same flesh but there is one kind of flesh of men another flesh of beast another of fishes and another of birds there are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. So we've got different kinds of bodies of flesh. We have different kinds of bodies, don't we? Celestial would be heavenly. Terrestrial would be earthly. Well, what would an earthly body look like? It's us, it's the animal kingdom, it's, it's the, the mankind, it's creation. Then what does the celestial body look And that's what Paul's going to get into in describing here. Uh, again, the angelic realm would be what kind of a body? The celestial. Okay. Verse 44. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. So the natural body would be the terrestrial body. Verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, there's the terrestrial, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly, there's the celestial. So as a member of the church, the body of Christ, you're here on the earth, and one day you're going to get a new body that allows you to function out in outer space. Okay? So what Paul's doing here is th- th- he's demonstrating the... Because the question is, really... Is verse 35, but some men will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? See, that's, okay, I love the answer, verse 36. Thou fool. <laughs> I, you know, Paul just sticks it, and sometimes I want to say that to certain people with questions like this. Which thou sowest is not quickened, except to die, and off he goes. So the point is, is the angels... The angelic classes, the, the classes of the angels, they live in celestial bodies, just like we live in our bodies, okay? They, 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 have, a, they have a spirit, and they have, you know, we have, a, we have a spirit and a soul and a body. They have a spirit and a body. Now, death is the spirit and the soul leaving the body, okay? And when that happens, then the body no, can no longer function. Come over to Luke 20. But when the angels die, they don't have that spirit and soul connection like you and I do, but they can die. Now, I know Luke 20, verse 36. Luke 20, 36. Neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. And I know what happens. See, angels can't die, but they can die. Okay, there's a, there's a, man, man was made a little lower than the angels. You remember that? Why? So he would be subject to death. But the angels aren't subject to death unless it's what? god's judgment so when god's judging them what do they do they can die now when we think about death we think about ceasing to function and so forth and it's really for an angel it's literally just them getting rid of their body so an unclean spirit is just a disembodied spirit He's got no body to dwell in. That that's why this guy in Mark five legion, two thousand of them are in the man, are, are in this pe- in the people. They can inhabit people. They can inhabit animals. There's there's really that's the only way they can relate to what's going on around them. I, I try to uh, think about how to ex- illustrate and explain the verses because when when. If you don't have a body, you can't function in the the world about you. We were talking the the other day, we were talking about being absent from the body and being present with the Lord. When a believer dies, we bury his body. The moment the last breath is taken, the the soul and the spirit go to the presence of the Lord. The Spirit returns to the Lord, but you're there. So when you die, what you take with you is what you've built up into your inner man. That's why it's important to be what? Renewing the inner man daily. So then what does that inner man do? What is he doing? Well, he's not working because he doesn't have a new body to go then and go to work in. So he's not limbo. Limbo has got a bad connotation, but he's in limbo. He's hanging out in the presence of the Lord. He's not, he's not, he doesn't want to go to work. Do you follow, look over at 2 Corinthians 5. I can get off track a little bit, but look at 2 Corinthians 5. So what, what, what you're waiting for, again, if you're in Christ, you're in the body of Christ, so you're saved. Now, for the lost, it's the last breath and to wake up in hell, eternal torments. But for you and I, we come into a, into a scenario, Second Corinthians 5.1, Paul describes this, first eight verses here. He says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan. What are we groaning for? The house made without hands by God in the heavens earnestly desire to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven if so be that if so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked naked in what way naked in that we don't have a body to go function what do we look Paul's not talking about dying and going to heaven he's talking about the resurrection He says what we're waiting for is resurrection, not dying and going to be with the Lord, but we're waiting for what we call the rapture event to happen. Why? Because then we get this new tabernacle, this new body. By the way, tabernacle. God says to Israel, I'm going to come and tabernacle with you. I'm going to come and live with you and dwell with you. And he says, verse for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed. Notice how he says that. B- wishing for the rapture to happen is the Christian suicide. Paul says, don't wish for the rapture. You've got a job to do. Look at how he says it in verse 4. Being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed. See, we're not looking to be unclothed. Why? We got a job to do. We got an ambassador to do, right at the end of chapter 5 here. Now, are we waiting for the rapture? Sure, that's a natural thing, but we are. what are we doing? We're waiting for it. We're not wishing for it. I hear people all the time, even here sometimes, oh man, I wish the rapture would come. No, that's, <laughs> that's Christian suicide. You got a job to do as an ambassador. Let's get in do it and let's go do that. But are we waiting for the rapture? Yeah, he Romans eight's clear. We are waiting for that day of redemption, that adoption. Ver, where, where did we go? Verse 5. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing as God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit, therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from... The Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor. See, Paul, he gets done and he goes, Hey, we got a job to go do, let's go do that. The point here, I guess, in this is that when you when you're thinking about death and the angels, they don't have a place to go. Okay? When they they die under the judgment, some are going to be held in chains of darkness. Jude six. We're going to look over there in just a minute. Others, though, become this unclean spirit thing, disembodied spirits left to roam and to do. Now, who's their leader? Well, that's the adversary, and they're out causing havoc. The guy here in Mark 5 what's he doing he's in 2000 of them are in there and what does he say we looked at it last time don't kick us out of the land out of the country put us in the swine and all that stuff when we looked at all of that so come back with me to second kings if you will so in the spirit world there there's some things to kind of catch and to put into our understanding uh first of all they're real uh you, you <laughs> They're real, they're organized, they, uh, they're in rebellion, obviously. They're populated, they're, they're under the control of, of the adversary. He's got them right now. And then yet one day, God's going to come and liberate all of that. But think about this issue, 2 Kings 6. 2 Kings 6. And you think about the, uns, the spirit realm out there, and again, they are real. I know what happens. People get, all, oh, it's all mythology and spooky. and this. No, this is not Casper the Ghost and, you know, uh, bewitched and all that good stuff that you see on TV. This stuff is real. And there's a leader behind it. They're populated with real creatures. 2 Kings 6, look, if you will, at verse 17. 2 Kings 6, 17. And Elisha prayed. Now this is Elisha at Dothan, and uh, he he he's got his servant with him, and uh, his servant's a little concerned about what's happening. And Elisha prayed and said, "Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see." And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about. Elisha. what The guy's in the moment, he's looking, and you know what? He can't see anything. They're they're unseen. But they're there, aren't they? And Elisha says, Lord, let him see them. Open his eyes. So what happens? The Lord peels back that veil and allows him to see the horses. But notice they have a flesh about them. They're horses and chariots of what? A fire. So they have a flesh, but their flesh is what? They have a body, but it's a body of fire. It's not. But, but again, to identify it as a horse means it has a what? A head and four legs and a tail. and a, you, you can say, hey, that's a horse. But what is it? It's not like we see the guys running the Kentucky Derby. It's fire. Come over to chapter 2, 2 Kings 2. See, I know you come on Wednesday night and kind of get off in some weird stuff. But it's right here in Scripture. You know, your Bible is the leading authority on this stuff. Because here it is. It's objective. Here it is. And by the way, here's where this stuff comes from. And that's what's really key. We see, You know, you think you see a lot of weird things. And okay, where did it really come from? The Scripture tells you. 2 Kings 2. Look at verse 11. And it came to pass, as they, they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. How did he go? He went up, but, but how? Horses and chariots of fire. By the way, where did he go? He went to heaven. So they transport it. They got a role here, see? So when you think about the spirit realm, just look out here and see what you see around here, and it's the same thing happening in the spirit realm, okay? In in Revelation, he talks about in the throne room, they have white robes of linen, white linen robes. Where does linen come from? Coconut tree, right? (laughs) We're talking about coconut milk. No, it comes from the linen plant. But how do you get it from the plant? What do you got to have? You got to have, well, first of all, you got to have someone pick it, harvest it. Then you got to come over here and textile it and put it in the textile stuff. Then you got to have somebody come over here and sew it together. We were out at that, Lynn and I were out at that sewing quilt thing the other day. And I kid you not, I'm like, okay, I think I've seen enough quilting stuff the last day. Linda has her great-grandmother's quilt-making thing where you made it by hand, okay? Out there, they have 15, $20,000 machines you can buy, program it into what the design, put it on it, and walk away. So we're walking by one of these. Yeah, and I, I told Linda, and I said this kind of too loud, I said, that ain't quilting. And this lady, yes, it is. For 20K, it sure enough is. I'm like, no, it ain't, man. Quilton's sitting over there in the chair, sewing a a square at a square. The thing is, is we walked by this one booth and the lady, bless her heart, she was doing everything she could to get people to stop. She's like, hey, come take it for a test drive. And I'm like, for 20K, it'd be more than taking it for a test drive. You know, I couldn't get over how expensive these things were. But that had nothing to do with anything we were talking about, did it? But you got to have what? You got to have a a quilter. You got to have the process. So, just as you would see it here on the earth, it's already there in the spirit realm. The physical is just a physical manifestation of what's in the spirit realm. So, they are populated with real creatures, they're real. They're right here in the room. The, angel, the angels are sitting here watching us. We're made spectacle to the angels, Paul says. Come over to Daniel chapter four. They're organized. Daniel chapter four. They the, the principalities, the powers, the mites, the dominions, the thrones, the rulers, all of that. You know, Paul uses that terminology. Uh, he's going to talk about the adversary being the prince, the power of the air. That stuff isn't just to fill up pages. That's a description that you and I can come over here. I had that Oxford English Dictionary out. You look up principality, and it's the top ruler in a region. That's one of its definitions. Why, so, why do we use principality? We understand. We, do we know what a throne is? Who sits on a throne? A king does, a ruler does. So we can make that connection between physical realm and spiritual realm. Look at Daniel four. Notice verse seventeen. This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the de- and the demand by the word of the holy ones, to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever He will and setteth up over it the beast. Of men. Notice the watchers. And then he calls them the word of the holy. You see that holy one is all lowercase. The high, the most high, that's a capital H. There's Jehovah. There's the Godhead. But the the watchers and the, the uh, holy ones, that's the angelic realm. The watchers are a class in the angelic realm community that that do just what that word says they sit on the wall and they watch over israel now you and i today in the body of christ we don't need angels we've got the holy spirit watching over us thank you very much okay but israel had that michael the Archangel. angel he's the top he's the five-star general over the armies of god he's the only one left so, when you think about, by the way, um, Gabriel, he says, I've come to speak to you on behalf of God. He's the chief, he's the, he's the chief or the head ambassador for the Godhead. He comes down and he talks, to, he talks to Daniel. We're in Daniel. He talks to Joseph. He talks to Mary. When it's important business, Gabriel goes when it's not it's important business, but it can be dealt with by lot. He then uh, dictate or uh, dist- uh, what's that word? Distribute out to him. Uh, uh, dispense? No, it's another word. Doggone. It. Delegate. Thank you very much. Delegates down. Good job. All right, we'll give Nikki a star. Okay. Delegate down. So when you think about these guys, again, they're organized. They're populated. They're real. They're, under, they're in rebellion. They're under the satanic control. Again, Ephesians 2.2. 2, they sit underneath the prince, the power of the air. Uh, come over to Luke 11. We've already seen this, but I'll show you again. These guys, the, the, the fallen angels, Paul call, says you've got elect angels. Those will be the ones that, saw, that stays on the right side of the ledger. They stayed with God and with the Word of God. Then you have the fallen angels. But in the fallen angels, you've got different categories there as well. You've got some that are going to be held in the chains of darkness, Jude 6. And and by the way, those are the guys that become the unclean spirits. Okay? From the fall and from the flood and everything. So in the flood, if you think about the angelic host, that left their first estate, visited the daughters of men. The flood falls on them. God is judging them. And in a minute, we'll see Psalms, and he says, you're going to die like men die. And he's talking to the angelic realm. So when you read in Luke about, hey, angels don't die, but they do die under the judgment of God. They, you can't go put a 45 slug into one of them. First of all, you can't see them. But God's judgment can. I tell you, Luke 11. All right. Luke 11. Notice the organization here. Verse 21. When a strong man, and that will be the adversary, Satan, armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. So if he's armed, what does he have? He's got an army. He's got foot soldiers, verse 22. But when a stronger than he, and there's the Savior, there's Jehovah, shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all of his armor, wherein he trusted, and divided his spoils. So here he's got a palace. Palace, there's headquarters. So where we're at in Mark 5, in that northeastern corridor of the Gadarenes, and, and you got that, that buffer zone there that, of darkness, and that, that, uh, that kingdom of darkness there. And the Lord is invading that to demonstrate to Israel how He's going to clean all that up up there, how He's going to cast out the unclean spirits, do what the, one of the, the two mandates of the kingdom are. The two mandates of the kingdom are, one, heal all manner of disease and sickness, and everything, and then two come in over here and kick out all the unclean spirits. How's he doing that? That's what we're reading in Mark. But here, when you look at these unclean spirits and you begin to think about this, what Satan has done is he has brought all of his armies, all of his armor, all of his foot soldiers, every component of his kingdom into the land of Palestine. Because Jehovah is in the land. When Jehovah's not in the land, he doesn't have to worry about it. He can just use a few of the minions to do it. But now, here is, well, you're in Luke. Look over there at Luke 8, since we're here. Luke 8, look at verse 28. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Most High, what's he recognizing the Lord to be as? The, the son of the Most High, the most High, Genesis fourteen, the possessor of heaven and earth. You see, this guy knows who who's standing in front of him. So Satan knows that, so Satan has called all the troops in to the land. That's why there's two thousand in one guy, one one Israeli. See, there's not enough human humans. For them to infiltrate. And by the way, they get into everybody, men and women. Well, back here a little bit in Mark 5, in Mark, we'll see where, well, we'll see it here in Luke too, about a lady who's being ripped up by one of these guys. Look, you're, look at this guy. Look at verse, well, verse 28 again. We just read it. Uh and when he, and that'll be the the guy the demon, the unclean spirit saw Jesus, he what? He cried out, he can speak. He can talk. He has intelligence. He knows what's going on. He know by the way verse 29 uh I'm 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 sorry, the end of verse 28 I beseech the torment me not. He obviously knows the program. Matthew says you've come to torment me before the time. He knows that torment's coming. He knows judgment's coming. And he's like, dude, you're early, man, by about seven, eh, about 10 years maybe. You're a little early here. What you doing? And And the Lord's not here to do that. He's here to do something else. Again, Mark 5, verse 6 and 7, you're here too early. But what is it? He knows the deal. He's There's intelligence. These are foot soldiers that have been called in to occupy the land, because if we occupy the land, make it, corrupt, keep it in corruption, then God can't use the land, and he can't use the nation of Israel. Come over to Acts 16. So when we talk about unclean spirits, and, and Scripture talks about it, again, they're real, they're populated, they're full of different creatures out there, there's... They're organized, they're they're under the hand and the control of the adversary right now, and one day the Lord will fix all that and get it back where it is. Look at Acts 16. Uh, Acts 16, 16. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, again this is Paul, Uh, he's got Silas with him, I believe. Uh, They go to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Divination is the issue of telling the future, Genesis 44. Being able to tell the future. But the same followed Paul and us and cried saying. See how they they have vocabulary, they have speech. They, They have the capacity to speak. These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. See that? So, again, what are they able to do? They're able to function. Come over to chapter 19. Probably the most wonder, most fascinating thing here. Chapter 19, starting verse 11. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Always remember verse 11. When Paul does something in the book of Acts, what kind of miracles are they? Special. Who did them? The hands of Paul. Only Paul can do these. You can't do them. Okay? But they're... What kind of miracles? I love that. Special. Keep reading. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the disease departed from them, and the evil spirit went out of them. So when the TV preacher says, send us your money and we'll send you a hanky, a handkerchief, and everybody goes, man, that is nuts. Where in the world is he getting that from? Right there. Because what could Paul do? Paul could sit over there, wipe the sweat of his brow, hand it to someone sick, and they're instantly healed. Why? Because they're special miracles. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the, uh, uh, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preached. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and the chief of the priests which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? I love that stinking modern-day denominational brethren can't get this stuff right, and here's an unclean spirit, and he's got it nailed. Why? Because they know what's going on. So what does he do? He literally attacks, verse 16. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded and this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus and fear fell on them all and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified isn't that interesting he says hey i know who are you and then he goes and beats the tar out of them see they they can fight What's the guy in Mark 5? Come over to Revelation uh, 16. I knew you wondered when we were getting to get to Revelation, right? <laughs> Talking about unclean spirits. That guy in Mark 5, he can't put him in chains and feathers. There's nothing humanly possible. No human or system to hold the man. Why? Because he's not human. He's superhuman. He's got, got 2,000 of these boogers in him. He, there's just no way to hold him. Look at Revelation 16. Look at verse 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. The unholy trinity right there. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Look at these guys. They have the capacity to go. They have the power to go and to do what? Mighty miracles. Wonder and again Paul in Second Thessalonians 2 says, lying wonders. He's got them. They can go and do this. There's nothing for them to to even look around and say, eh, why bother? No, they can go and do it. So come back to, to Luke. Just do Luke 8, because I need you in Luke 13. But look at Luke 8 first. So when you think about the unclean spirit... By the way, the question then gets is, is can a believer today be demon-possessed, or devil-possessed, or unclean spirit-possessed? And the answer is no. Okay? Now, you can be devil and demon-obsessed. Think you got one. But you're not going to have one. Why? Ephesians 1.13, we're sealed with... The Holy Spirit of promise. So if a devil got into you, if you're in Christ and a devil got into you, then where's, where's the devil? He's in Christ. That's, uh, that, that ain't going to work, okay? That won't work, because <laughs> he's already been sentenced to eternal damnation, and now he's in, so, but he can do what? He can cause you to think about the, the course of this world, the doctrines of devils and seducing spirits can get you to thinking bad and incorrectly. And the next thing you know, you're over there worried about the newspaper ghost. So you got newspaper all over the house. So they got to read the newspaper before they can get in. You never heard of the newspaper ghost, huh? Never been down south. So they so on the outside, if you ever drive by a house down south and it's got newspaper everywhere, they believe in the newspaper ghost because the ghost can't get in until they read all the newspaper. So every day what are they changing? The newspaper. Then you got the blue bottle ghosting you know, On the fence is all blue bottles, and they can't get through unless, without the blue bottle, and all this stuff, and you just go. And Satan just sits there and spins the record one more time for you. Luke 8. Look at Luke 8. Just, it's just fascinating with these guys. Uh, look at Luke 8 and verse 29. Luke 8, 29. Note, watch the impact on the host, the guy that they're in. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. Notice how who's in charge of the guy, the man from from Decapolis. It isn't him. He's not in charge. The demons are. Now, come over to Luke 13. This is where I was headed with you. Look Look at Luke 13. And and watch this issue here in verse eleven, Luke thirteen ten. And he was teaching in one of the sabbaths. I'm sorry, in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity, how long, eighteen years, and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. She's got an unclean spirit in her, and she's bent over looking at the dirt. Now, the picture in, in, in the lady is Israel is eating the dust, looking at the dirt. Do you know who the, do you know who the dust is food for? The devil. Genesis 3, Satan has is is been uh, cursed to eat of the dust of the ground. So literally what you have is a picture of Israel under satanic captivity, bent over, can't stand up. But eating the dust, eating what participating in that satanic policy of evil gets you. By the way, and when Jesus saw her, verse 12, he, commanded, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from this infirmity. And he laid his hand on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the rulers of the synagogue... Instead of saying, attaboy, boy, woohoo," said, why are you doing this on the Sabbath? And they get all righteous about their ceremonial day. The point is, is they, the, these guys, these unclean spirits, their job is to contaminate Israel and to cause Israel, come back to the book of Leviticus, and to cause Israel to not be usable by God, to corrupt them with the Vain religious system called Baal worship to corrupt them in their doctrine, to corrupt them in every point in their lives. The guy in Mark five, we've been talking. They he, he they want to. Get, there's a flock of there's a herd of swine. What are swine even doing in Israel? The only reason why you raise pigs is to eat them. What are they doing? Then when he heals the guy and he's all clothed in his right mind, the people who own the pigs are like. Dude, you need to get out of here, and kicking the Lord out of town. What's going on? Well, what, what do they do? They, they fear the Lord, but they worship their idols. And that's what we see here. Look at Leviticus 19. Leviticus 19, look at verse 31. <clears throat> Leviticus 19, 31. I, I, this is Moses with the law. Uh, again, it's about their, the Israel living, you know, and being God's people. Uh, if you look at verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, and holy. Ye shall fear every man, his mother, and off you go. Ver- look, just run down to verse 31. Regard not them... That have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Familiar spirits, friendlies. These guys are familiar. They're friendly. They come in and they get familiar with you. They come in and they get to know you. He's like, don't be a part of that. Chapter 20, verse 6. Chapter 20, verse 6. And the soul that turneth after such as have familiar spirits and after wizards to go a-whoring after them, I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among his people. Sanctify yourself, therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. Notice verse 6. And the soul that turneth after such... Have familiar spirits and after wizard to go a You see that to go, they're 1931, to defile, to be defiled. They're actively seeking this out. It isn't them just hanging back saying, Is it my day? Is my number up? Nope, they're actually going after them. That's why he said they're to go a whoring. They're out after this. Chapter 20. Look down at verse 27. A man also, or woman, which hath a familiar spirit, or that is a wizard, shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. That's a severe issue. Why? Because from the very beginning of Israel's national life, Satan's been what? He's been attacking them. And the unclean spirits, those disembodied spirits, they're again, they're bodyless, they don't have a body, and they're in there after them. Now, where did they come from? How did they get to be disembodied? Come over to 1 Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter 3 and verse 18. And I give you an idea, okay? Now, you can say yes or no, or believe me or not. Believe me, you can be wrong if you want, and that's okay. That's a joke, people. It's okay. Hopefully the Internet's laughing, all right? Chuckle, okay? Here's an idea. 1 Peter 3, verse 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Okay? For, I'm sorry, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a-preparing, Wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Amen. Now, the standard teaching here in three eighteen and 19 is this, that when Christ died on the cross, he goes down into hell, the torment side, and preaches to the spirits in prisons, and he gets them there, and then he comes up. And that's just wrong, okay? What did Christ say to the thief on the cross? Today you'll be with me where? In the torments of hell. No, paradise. Hell in the Old Testament has two sides, torment side paradise side abraham's bosom so then so the to sit here again if christ if christ told the people in hell paul's gospel which is what they say he told them then paul's gospel is not a secret it's been made known it's been let the cat's been let out of the bag so we got a problem okay besides can those spirits and those souls in hell ever get out of hell? No. How do you know that? Luke 16, rich man Lazarus. There's a great gulf between us. You can't come there, and I can't go there. So yeah. so sorry, Charlie. You're stuck. Okay. So then, what's going on here? Well, verse 18 and 19. Notice how 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 we notice verse 18. Notice the end. Being put to death in the flesh. There's the cross. But what? Quickened by the Spirit. The Spirit wrote, raised him from the dead. Actually, the whole Godhead does, but the Spirit played a part. By which also he went, by which also, by which, what is the by which? The Spirit, see, by which also he went and preached under the spirits in prison. By, which, by who? By the Spirit. He's going to go preach to some spirits in prison. Now, when was the preaching done? Well, verse 20, which sometime were disobedient. So, when was the preaching and the disobedience? When did that happen? When once the long suffering God waited in the days of who? The days of Noah. So, who was there in the days of Noah? I mean, let's think about this. You have Noah and the ark. You have Enoch. Now think about, is the Lord Jesus Christ there in the days of Noah? No. Who's there? Noah. Enoch are there. You've got to think this. Look at 2 2 Peter 2. Look over at 2 Peter 2. 2 Peter 2, verse 4, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a, what? Preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So when he says here, by which also he went and preached, by which also he, that isn't talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, is talking about the Holy Spirit preaching and teaching through who? Through Noah and Enoch. And w- w- but notice, again, so we're in Genesis 6, aren't we? So where do we have to go back to? Let's go back to Genesis 6. By the way, before you do that, come over to Jude 6. So you you get this information. And on your way, stop there at 2 Peter 2 again. Sorry, 2 Peter 2, 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them into hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, spiritual darkness, to be reserved unto what? Judgment. So the question is Is that Genesis 1 or Genesis 6? That's the question that usually comes up out of that verse. Look at Jude 6. Jude 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains. Notice under darkness Second Peter 2 4 he's held them in two chains of darkness this is under darkness exactly unto the judgment of the great day even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about them in like manner and so forth they left their first estate where's their, where, 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 where's their first estate the heavenly places out there, the heavens. Where'd they come? They had a hab... But left their own habitation. They had, a, what, you had, they had a house. They had a palace. They had property. They had a section that was theirs. They habitated there. They left and went where? To the earth. The angels left their position as what? Angels. Now go back to Genesis 6. See, that's the thing that's happening here, Genesis 6. And I'll just let, uh, let you know, that thing in 2 Peter 2, verse 4, and the thing there in, ver- in Jude 6, if you, the, if you, it depends on how you want to read 2 Peter 2, 4, and 5, okay? Whether it's Genesis 1 or Genesis 6. Either way, the angels are held in what chains of darkness? Okay, so the fallen angels. There's a, some component tree com- things here that are happening to them. Some compartmentalizing of them. All right. And by the way, the second Peter two four, he says to be reserved unto judgment and spared not the old world. So the and not, spared not would lead you to where Genesis six. See. Where in Genesis 1, he, what did he do? He just stopped the rebellion with the creation of hell, Matthew says. Okay? Anyway, go back to Genesis 6. So the, the answer to that is a muddied answer because it depends on how you want to read the verses. Personally, 2 Peter 2 and Jude 6 are talking about Genesis 6. Okay? That's where I'm at. Works for me, done work for you. So sorry. Genesis 6, look at verse 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all that they, which they chose. Notice they, only, they had more than one. Okay? They, didn't have, they didn't just stick to the one man, one woman rule. They took whatever they wanted. Why? Because they're angels. They're angelic beings. They had, by the way, Angels are supposedly sexless because of the stuff in Matthew there about you can't have kids and all this stuff. But what are these birds having? They're having offspring. So a component of their judgment is that they lose that ability to have offspring. But the problem is, look, look, look <laughs> you get a lot of problems when you start monkeying around with the verses. Verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, but that he is also his flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years that by the in in first Peter, when he says, in the long suffering of God in the days of Noah, the long suffering lasted a hundred and twenty years. It wasn't that man's age was limited at a hundred and twenty because there's some old dudes here, Noah's one of them, and they're about to all die. He says, "I'm waiting a hundred and twenty years why? because that's well, there's a there's a Israel number in there, but there's an issue that's going to take Noah that long to build the ark and get it done. But watch verse four. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in and the daughters of men un, unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown. Notice the sons of God, the angels, the angelic realm, They've come into to the daughters of men, and they got what Strange flesh here. They have relationships. They've got families. Noah's preached to them for 120 years. Then the flood comes. Judgment comes. And what happened to the sons of God? The, the thing that kills me is in verse 4 and also after that. And apparently after the flood, they do it again. They don't learn their lesson because David fought Goliath of the Philistines and they were giants and they're giants in the earth again. The 12 spies go up and there's giants in the land. So they didn't learn the lesson here. So the one event here, God's going to judge them, put them in chains of darkness. And then after that, what happens? They do it again. They didn't learn their lesson. The next group. Okay. So then they're judged. Now, when they fall, when they come and do, verse 4, okay, they're coming to carry out Satan's plan of attack against the seed line. That's what they're trying to pollute, okay? So some are going to get killed. Some of, the fall, some of the sons of God here are going to get killed. Come over to Deuteronomy chapter 5. And some of them are going to be held in chains of darkness. Deuteronomy five. Let's work this out, and then we'll. Whoa, man, it's it's too late. All right, let's go home. (laughs) Leave you hanging. No, okay. Look at Deuteronomy five, and just catch some things here. Deuteronomy five. Look at verse eight. Thou shalt not make thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. What's in the waters? And again, we're back in Genesis 1, won't do that. But what's in the waters beneath the earth? The angels that have fallen left the first estate. That clarifies for you what who is being judged in the chains of darkness in the waters beneath the earth it's those guys that left their first estate after the flood they come and do it again they don't carry that same connotation of you left your first estate why because all that's been destroyed their first estate has been annihilated by the flood okay they've lost that habitation it's been destroyed now come over to psalms 82 but go get 136 first psalms 136 in psalms david says that the lord has smashed his decreed place the flood is a universal flood it's the whole thing he's done deal opened up the depth above the waters above and the waters beneath and flooded the whole container And what does it do? It deals with those fallen angels. Again, some are killed, some are put over, reserved into judgment, and then some are left. Psalms 136, look at verse 6. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters. So out there beneath us, beneath the earth, there is this, it's called the deep. There's this water, it's got a frozen layer on it, and in those waters, that's why in Job he says Leviathan, and he's in the waters, that sea monster. There's all those pictures. Why? Because that's a spiritual connotation out there. Psalms 82. Now this, this thing here in Psalms 82, I say it, and then i got to make sure it's the right psalm. Yeah, this, this thing, we've looked at this in studies on Sunday morning, Look at Psalms 82, verse 1. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. This is the angelic host that he's talking about here. He stands here, uh, and he's judging. He's in the mount of the congregation of the north. He's doing Job 1, where he's judging the angelic realm. They've come to give an accountability to him. And he, they're outdoing, and he's making sure they're doing their job. Verse 6. I have said... Ye are gods. Again, talking about, he's not talking about man. He's talking about the angelic realm. All of you are the children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men and fail like one of the princes. They can die like who? They can die like men. But whose hand are they dying at? See, that's the kick. They're dying at the judgment hand of the Lord. The judge. They're not dying where you pull out a pistol and put a bullet between his eyes. So over there in Matthew, when they say, hey, you can't die like the angels can't die, he's talking about that issue of the attack of the adversary can't even kill him. Because the one that makes them is the one that's going to kill him. See, come over to Revelation 20. Revelation 20. <clears throat> one more and then we'll be done. Revelation 20. In Revelation 20, you have the great white throne judgment. Verse 13, verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works never forget man's judge by his works. What did you do? What did you do in response to the word of God to you at that moment in time? Because this is everybody. This is the end of it. (laughs) There's no, hey, wait a minute, I was under Jews program. Boop, boop. Nope, they're they're there too. Oh, wait a minute, I was under the the DOG. Nope, nope, they're there too. See? And the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works you see the sea gave up the dead everybody in your brother says well that's the atlantic and the pacific and the seven seas and uh, you know the guys who die at sea and they buried and that is not who he's talking about Who's in the waters beneath the earth? The fallen, the ones held and reserved in judgment, the fallen angels, the demonic, the where those where the bodies of the unclean spirits went. See, by the way, twenty-one one. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more what. So you're telling me in the new that he dried up all the water? It's not nothing about the water. You, by the way, you know how you know that? Look at back there, there verse 13. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. When a man dies, where does he go? Well, if he's unsaved, because that's who's standing here, where did the unsaved man go? He went to hell. He's not in the sea. See how it says that? And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and then death and hell. See, man's reserved to go to hell. Jude 6, there's a group of angelic beings that are reserved for the pit. We'll look at it next time. The time's up. Okay, The pit, the bottomless pit sits out there in this area. It's called a lake of fire. That's where it's coming from. That's where the lake of fire is coming out of. And that's where they're at. The sea here is the angels there that we read about in Jude 6. So in Genesis 6, the angels come down. They mess around with man. when they are not supposed to be. The flood happens and they die. And they died like men. And the leaders of that rebellion are the ones that are held in the chains of darkness. And the other ones that just die like men become the, un, the disembodied spirits. They're the ones that become the unclean spirits. You follow that? The leaders, the one leading the rebellion to go visit man, the ones leaving their first estate, are the ones that are the angels, Jude 6, held in chains, reserved unto uh, judgment. But the ones that followed, because when you got a leader going and you're part of the group, where are you going? With him. But they also die like men in the flood, and their spirits become the unclean spirits, the disembodied spirits. Okay? Okay? So when you talk about the spirit world, there's a lot going on here that you just kind of have to put them in their little pieces and then next week I'll throw some more pieces on there and then the next one maybe we'll throw some more. <laughs> because if you don't have this, when you read Mark 5 and you read about the maniac and all this stuff, you lose what's really happening because there's a, there's a source that's pushing these guys and it's the adversary. It's the satanic policy of evil. And it's that push of corrupting the land. But who's doing it are these disembodied spirits, these guys who died in the flood back there, like men, Psalms 82, and then who come over here now. They don't have any place to be. They're just out there. And now Satan blows the whistle in time to inhabit the land, and there they are. And now today... They're just out there floating and waiting again, and they're watching, okay? Now, you can take all of that. If you want to, great. And if not, give you something to think about. That and five bucks will buy you a cup of coffee nowadays at McDonald's. And you can just work it through and figure it out. Do it for you. I did it for me, but you do it for you. And next time we'll keep talking about the unclean spirits. We'll go back to Isaiah and different places, okay? Okay, so there's you an hour and a half, or hour and 15, so I can do it. All right, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the evening, Lord. We thank you for your word, for the look into your word, and for the ability to see beyond the veil and to catch what's happening here and to catch the things that that are there and, and who's behind it all. And we'll give you the praise and the glory. In your name we pray, amen.